Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to episode 106 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nick Leganton. This episode is part of our Vibrant Music Studio 101 series, and this building block is called Cool. Welcome back, beautiful teachers, to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. This episode is about halfway through our foundational series we're calling Vibrant Music Studio 101. And I hope that the title in this episode didn't almost make you not play it. Didn't almost make you not play it. That's a lot of negatives, right? (laughs) What I mean is, I hope I didn't almost turn you off there from playing the podcast I talked on the last episode about being professional, and now I'm talking about being cool. So what am I even on about here? I thought about calling this episode sound, but I thought that would be confusing. What with it being a music teaching podcast that you would think it was about something completely different. But I really do mean sound in the sense of how you would describe a person. Now, I think that's a little bit Irish, although I think it is somewhat in other countries, that you would say someone was sound. Do you say that where you are? Well, that's what I mean here. That a person is a good person, right? That you dig them, that you like them. That's what I mean by sound or cool. And why is that important? It's important because we are building relationships with our students. And we need them to think of us as someone they can relate to that they can have a relationship with. No, not that we need them to be our friends, but we do need to build good, solid relationships and we do need them to have a good opinion of us, right? To think that we're cool, to think that we are worth getting along with. So it's about being relatable, being relevant, or building a rapport with your students. This is vitally important for music teachers as for so many reasons not least of which because students actually work harder for teachers that they like. That's the truth of it. Now, you may want to rail against that slightly and think, oh, well, that's not a teacher's role. But fact is a fact. Students do perform better if they like their teacher. Think back to your teachers. Which ones did you do best with? Which ones got you the best results, whatever results meant in that context? It was the ones that you had a good opinion of, that you got along well with. You didn't have to be their friend, but you did have to think that they were a good person, a good teacher, and that you had some kind of relationship with them. 
several of the subjects that I loved in school were not because I loved the subject. I could love pretty much any subject, if I'm honest. I'm very <laughs> learning-minded. I'm suited to education in general. So the subjects I didn't like were because the teachers weren't very good or didn't seem to care about us or about the subject. And when it came time to choose my subject, so in, in Ireland in secondary school, you narrow down your subjects at age 16. You choose, basically you choose four and you have three you have to do. So you end up with seven subjects after that, that you do for what we call the leaving cert. And when it came time to choose those four, I did choose it partially based on the teachers I knew I was going to get. For instance, I didn't particularly love the language of Spanish more than French. I thought both were fun and good, <laughs> right? And I enjoyed learning them. However, there was one Spanish teacher in my school, and he was excellent. And there were a whole bunch of French teachers, and not many of them were excellent. Now, if I had a chosen French, I might have gotten lucky, but I had no guarantee, and really I didn't care which language I chose. Might sound awful, but that's the truth of it. And so I chose the one with the better teacher, even though our career guidance counsellor, our guidance counsellor was telling us not to choose subjects based on the teachers. But actually, it's an important factor. So all that to say, relationships matter. Your rapport with your students matters to their learning. It also matters even more in a music studio context because we're likely going to have these students for a lot longer than other teachers would. Students in school stay with the same teacher for maybe a year or so, but with us they stay for many years, hopefully, and they're going to need to weather a lot of storms along the way. Learning to play a music instrument is not easy. I've said it many times and I will say it many more. It is hard. And there are a lot of ups and downs in that journey. And a great relationship with your teacher can help you weather those storms. It can help you ride the ups and downs without quitting. And we need them to not quit so that they get to the good stuff, right? Having said all that, the reason I wanted to put this episode together in our foundational series was because it's really easy to neglect this aspect. It might sound obvious on the face of it. Yes, we should build good relationships with students. But we have so much to do and we can get so tied up in the things they have to learn, the concepts we need to teach them, and how we're going to teach them to them, that we can lose sight of this. We have to keep our relationship strong, or it's all a moot point. It doesn't matter. So how can we sort of codify this idea of creating a good relationship? How can we put a system in place without wanting to be too clinical? You know that I love organization and systems, and I think that they help us get things done. So here's a little checklist for you when it comes to building good relationships with your students. The first part is to show them that you see them. This means that you need to follow up with things. So if they mention they have a hockey match coming up and it's really important, or they just got onto the debating team, follow up with that next week. Learn about their hobbies. Learn what they like and what they don't like. Learn what subjects they don't particularly love in school, or if they have changed class and their new teachers a bit difficult to deal with, check in with them about that. Basically, pay attention and be a good part of your relationship. Be a good 
friend or a good listener at least, right? Show them that you see them. The next part is to provide the structure, but not too much. So this is more to do with the teaching, but it affects your relationship. It's a balancing act that we all have to find as teachers, and it does take a while. So if you're a new teacher, I want to encourage you that this is not going to come to you naturally straight away, and it didn't come to anyone naturally straight away, just like playing a music instrument doesn't, as we all know, right? So you need to put in place control, but you need to not be rigid, and that's the balancing act you have to find. You have to provide the structure so that they can trust you to be their guide. You're not their buddy, you're not their friend, you're their guide through this musical journey, and you have to act as such. So you have to put that structure in place, but you have to have some flexibility and some leeway to still develop that relationship, follow their whims, pay attention to what they need and what they want. And that's a balance you need to strike for yourself. I talk about that more in episode 92. So if you're interested in this idea of strictness versus authority or rigidity versus flexibility, go back and check out episode 92. The third part of this relationship building checklist, as it were, is an honest dialogue and particularly an honest dialogue when it comes to practice. We don't want to end up in the role of the enforcer, right? That's not who we want to be, and that's not a good basis for a relationship. I don't know how you felt as a student, but many students are disguising their bad practice weeks. They don't want to tell their teachers about them because they know that that's not how it's supposed to go, and they might get given out to, or even if they won't, they don't feel like it's going to be a good reception. (laughs) Yeah? However, we need our students to tell us when they have off weeks or bigger problems going on when their school changes and they move up to a new class or year and so their schoolwork changes outside of lessons or they're on the hockey team and it's taking up all of their time. We need to know about that so that we can help them. So whenever your students do come to you to tell you about practice not going so well, something getting in the way. Just do a little check with yourself and make sure you're not coming back with, oh, well, you need to do better, or even a slightly a look (laughs) of disapproval. So if that's the reaction you tend to have, I get it, because it's disappointing. It it means that it's going to stand in the way of the progress that you want to see and that they want to see and them meeting goals and all of this stuff. But step back away from the situation and allow yourself to go into problem-solving mode and help them through it rather than giving out to them about it or being disapproving. And if they are on the younger side, don't even talk to them about it at all. If they're younger and they say, oh, practice wasn't so good this week, I had X, Y, Z, I say, okay, no problem. I'd say literally nothing about it to their face, to them. And then I go to the parents, because actually it's the parents' responsibility. Well, I won't go to the parents at all if it's one week, that's fair enough. But if it's more than one week, I'll have a discussion with the parent. There's literally no point telling a six-year-old they need to fit practice into their day, or that they need to cut out some of their TV time 
in order to practice or anything else, any other advice. It won't work. So take it straight to the parent and don't let the student see that you're disappointed with that amount of practice or anything. Just keep the lesson a positive experience for them. So that advice is more to do with the beginning stages in general or as students go through as well. But this last little step in our checklist is more as students progress. And that is to make sure that you are individualizing. Make sure that the things that you're teaching them are based on their goals, not yours. This gets more and more true, basically the older students get. So it's not so much about their level. If they're an adult beginner, it needs to be tailored to what they want to learn right from the start. Depends on the adult. Some of them will come to you and say, I just want a broad range of stuff, I don't know. And that's fine, you can give them the same tasting menu that you would give a six-year-old. But a lot of adult students, even teenagers, will come to you because they really want to play one thing in particular, one style in particular. And while there is a certain responsibility on us to develop that and to give them a broader range of things to explore and to put foundational skills in place so that they can do those things, foundational skills that they don't know they need because they don't have our knowledge and expertise, we still have to be showing them that we're working towards those goals and taking into consideration what they actually want to learn, right? That is going to have a huge detrimental effect on your relationship and is going to end up to them quitting or being dissatisfied if you don't take into account what they want to learn and what their goals are. So I hope you'll use that little checklist the next time you're considering your relationships with your students. Make sure you're showing them that you see them, that you're providing the right amount of structure with the right amount of flexibility, that you have an honest dialogue with them, especially around practice, and that you are individualizing as much as you need to for their age and their level. All in all, you need to develop this relationship so that they can make progress. So it should be one of your priorities as a teacher. You don't need to be their friend or their buddy. You don't need to be spending the whole lesson chatting or something like that. That's not what this is about. It's about little touches that make a difference when it comes to them seeing you as cool or sound or relatable or friendly or a good teacher, if you like, that you have a rapport with them. Let me know what you think of this episode and the series so far over in the Vibrant Music Studio Teachers Group on Facebook. I would love to hear what you think. Bye for now. Early on in this pandemic, I decided to keep the podcast a pandemic panic-free zone as teachers look for a bit of respite from what's going on in the world right now. And that's going to continue. But if you do need access to resources, we absolutely have them available for you to help you improve your online teaching game, to get you set up, to help you with whatever you need. So if you're not a member, you can sign up using the coupon code online right now. You can use that for monthly membership and it will get you one week trial to the membership for just $1 so that you can test it out and get access to the resources that you need. Games for online teaching, creative ideas and tech help as well. If you are a member, All you need to do is jump over to the library or into our community forums and we'll be able to help you there. See you on the inside.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.